Jennifer Bryant, and welcome to the Practical Family Podcast, where we are building strong foundations and healthy homes. Well, welcome back, friends, to part two of 10 Things We Wish We Knew Before We Got Married. And again, I'm joined by my sister, Jacqueline Flores, and my mama, Valerie Logan. In the first episode, we covered points one through five on the 10 things we wish we knew before we got married. And this episode, we will finish points six through 10. And as always, feel free to leave us any comments at the bottom and click on any of our links in the show notes for more resources. So I've invited Jacqueline and uh, my mama, Valerie, to talk to us today on the podcast about what it's been like being married because I myself have been married for at this point, for about 11 and a half years, Jacqueline? Three and a half. And Mama? 37 years. So all collectively, what we're hoping to talk about today and encourage you in is are the things that we wish we knew before we got married. So this is part two of that episode, things that we wish that we knew before we got married, and a little bit of some things that we've learned. So in the first episode, we talked about, number one, that we can't expect him to read our mind, so we need to be clear about what we want. Number two, don't expect to be everything for your husband or you'll fall short. Number three, know who you are and your own shortcomings. Be willing to listen and change because we're not perfect. Number four, understanding each other's personality as we do things differently and that's okay. So making room for those things is important. And number five, sex is not everything, but it is important. So knowing that physical intimacy and affection will change over time, but that's one of the things that we do need to work at during our marriage. So continuing today with uh, points six through 10. So let's talk about the next one, six, recognizing each other's trigger. Different things. So recognizing um, the time and place is very important too. Um, if you know your husband and, and understand um, what his triggers are to that, that get him to a, a not so nice place um, and the timing also. So um, you know, if he just, my husband has a very, um, difficult job, he comes home after a 16 hour shift. The last thing he wants to do is talk about maybe finances or, or, um, or what we have planned for that week or that weekend or, you know, this and that and bombarding him with questions. It's probably not the best time to talk about those things. Um, because that's just the last thing he wants to do. He just needs to be home and relax and, and, um, recover a little bit. So, um, the time and then also, also the place, definitely be careful with where you bring stuff up, um, who you're around and everything and, and, um, what you want to talk about. Yeah. So basically knowing how to pick those battles. Have you found that to be true, mom? Most definitely. (laughs) In the 37 years of marriage, most definitely. Um, you learn just to know those, uh, different, um, uh, uh, what would you call them? We're, we're calling them triggers, triggers right now. Triggers, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And you you are respectful and you do what you need to at that moment uh, mm-hmm. to make him comfortable. He needs to, when he comes home, he needs to be comfortable in his home. Mm-hmm. So you make sure that you uh, meet all those needs that need to be met. Mm-hmm. But does that necessarily mean that we're, as wives, needing to walk on eggshells and always careful about what he's feeling? Or where's the balance in that? No, I think it's, it's, it's a, it can be a thin line, but... Um, knowing that, uh, you know, you've had a hard day too. You've had a, a hard day. So it's, it's on both your parts, but, um, depending on what happened that day or if, if, I mean, depending if you work outside the home or if you're a stay at home mom over time, understanding what, whatever things have happened, um, what he may be feeling or sensing at this time and just being sensitive to that. 
maybe the mood he's in when he gets home and um, what the how the best way to approach him is in different things and if he feels a little if he seems a little more aggravated then you give him his time to just relax and that's kind of your your point and your your um, your cue to understand how what he needs at that moment yeah so mom do you find that when you're sensitive to what he needs to what the, your husband needs that it helps you out in the future too definitely helps you out <laughs> for the better why how is that how does that work well meet those needs you know when he comes home and you're sensitive to them because you know he you know my husband works in the heating and air conditioning industry so right now is his uh, is his time so I know those days that uh, he comes home really tired when he's had an installation and things like that so yeah you know when to um, approach him I, I, I could say mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 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 just um, the right time to do that when because, to just give him his time right yeah. he needs to decompress when he comes home decompress, after a yeah. hard day so time and space yeah, yeah. And the same with my husband he works at a restaurant and when and uh, we've probably heard about how, how demanding that is, too. I mean, Jacqueline's husband's a police officer, yeah. but, mm -hmm. but restaurant industry, you're, you're basically on call all the time. So so it's over time, we've learned different cues for each other. I've kind of learned to read his moods, his face a little bit better. Mm -hmm. and, and when I do choose to bring something up, because I think it's important, it's always usually better to say, hey, I have this in the, to talk to you about. Can you make some time later mm -hmm. to do that? And he'll say, sure, but when I when he's bombarded right away, it often does not go well at and, all. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay. I know me especially, I had a tendency to take things too personal. And it, it's not him um, being mean to you or not wanting to talk to you or anything. It's okay to give him his space because that's what, especially men, they, they need that. They need to just recover a little bit when they get home and to be in their comfort place. And, and then afterward, you can talk to them about whatever you need or, you know, when you pick the right time. But it's okay to um, to, to do that and just try not to take it personally. Yeah. So that moves us on to number seven. So six being recognize each other's trigger and knowing the time and place, basically picking your battles. Number seven, understand how he was raised because that may give you a better idea of issues that you may face in marriage. So understanding how he was raised, or really where both of you come from, your family of origin, what events took place, what, um, how relationships were formed in your family. This is especially important um, point that I talk to singles about because when they are first getting to know someone, I mean, you're generally showing each other your best side, right? And and if you're willing to share about family, and it's usually surface level, yeah, I've got, you know, parents, or I was raised by a single mom, or I got two sisters and a dog and a hamster, you know, and, and that is surface information. But once you really get to know somebody and learn about, okay, what was the dynamic of their family life? That is going to show through so much more in your married life than... I'd say anything else mm -hmm. and what you have to learn about your spouse, especially because it's so prevalent now, especially children who come from divorced families. Mm -hmm. Divorce affects one's person more than anything that, that I've seen. Um, let, I mean, aside from things like abuse and, and things like that, and those definitely should be shared before you choose to get married. But um, but what we've experienced with um, with our spouses um, is a lot to do with that, and the usually some of the emotional brokenness that comes from 
divorce that everybody has to choose to work through, but I had to prepare myself to really understand um, the lack of connection sometimes that that is that is present because because trust issues mm-hmm. are broken. Uh, and we won't go too much into this in this episode, but the point is is that knowing and and having an understanding of how your spouse was raised is important. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say um, once you're getting to know him for, you know, single singles out there, it's not to say once you're getting to know him, if if you see, you know, these red flags and everything, it's not to say, oh, my gosh, I'm done. They have that kind of family. No, no, no. Like, I'm not going to deal with that. You're No matter who you marry, you are going to deal with some kind of something um, that had to do with how they're, they were raised. So, you know, it's never going to be a perfect or pretty picture, but knowing and, and trying to understand before, um, before you get married and before you get into this strong covenant commitment of marriage, understanding where he does come from. And, and that will help you kind of, uh, navigate around how his, what his needs are. And it'll, and also in, in understanding him, it'll also help you to understand yourself, how you were raised, you know? So, um, and, and what different tendencies you have. And so it just it just helps better prepare you um, rather than um, me. I was kind of, I had an idea, but I was kind of bombarded um, a couple years after, a year or two after we were married. Really did not expect certain things that, um, that he was raised with. I did not expect them to make this big of an impact in our marriage. And mm-hmm. it kind of blindsided me a little bit. And I felt... I felt alone. I felt I wasn't prepared and I felt like I had no idea how to deal with it. But if I would have really tried to understand to begin with where my husband was coming from, he has an amazing heart, but where he was coming from with how he viewed certain things or anything in a marriage, um, Mm -hmm. it would have been way more helpful. Yeah, because family of origin stuff you learn, basically you take away from that, the role that you feel you're supposed to play. So for instance, um, if, um, if uh, this is, hypothetical of if you know husband's mother was always uh in the home and took care of everything and that was her job the entire time and then he expects that of you I mean it's more or less an unspoken thing but you're like no I have I have a career I have I went to school for a reason you know I have this and that to 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 accomplish that those things really should come out before you step into marriage um not that they are deal breakers like Jacqueline said but but you know, recognize that a lot of your conflicts may come from that. Another thing is, too, is culture. You know, mm-hmm. there, I mean, we're in the United States, you're more or less going to marry someone else who comes from a different cultural background. And, um, and culture meaning even just the way that you do things, the traditions that you hold, mm-hmm. you know, you can come from a different church culture, even that, you know, you do things just differently. And, and the phrase to remember here is things like this aren't necessarily wrong, that they're just different. It's mm-hmm. not wrong. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And needing to recognize those things that when you do have conflict, oh, this may have to do with the different cultural context that we're bringing. Oh, this may have to do with family of origin, things that we're bringing. Um, and so just things to, to think about, to, to understand. So mm-hmm. number seven, understand how you, you both were raised to be ready for issues that you may face in marriage. And that, don't go that into can, them blindly. Yes, exactly. Words. And it doesn't have to be just for, for newlyweds or single people. It can definitely be um, for those uh, people who've been married for a long time who um, just really haven't, have, have their marriage has been one way for a long, long time and it kind of worked that way, but it could be better, you know. So you could always still do your best to try to understand where they came from and why there may be 
doing what they're doing, you know, yeah. or thinking how they're thinking. Yeah. So let's move on to number eight. Number eight is be willing to sacrifice. So what we meant by this was that it's not really realistic to think that every conflict that comes up, that there's going to be equal compromise. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's necessary to talk things out. Sometimes you just got to leave stuff alone. And like we said before, pick your battles, but knowing that one or both of you is going to have to make some sacrifices. So if you're coming into this, especially ladies, I mean, ladies, we know how we are. We like to talk circles around things. But if you're doing it just to get your way, just to be right, mm. it's going to cause a whole lot more conflict than before. Mm -hmm. and, and that's going to speak to trust issues that you may be bringing into the marriage. Because if you cannot learn to trust someone else, let's say you've been self-sufficient your whole life, or you've been raised by a very self-sufficient parent, I mean... It is, you know, out there. The, the These um, single moms and dads, they give you a whole lot of credit because you'd have to do this. But but if all that you've experienced is don't rely on anyone else, you know, you solve your problems, you do all this. W what I see is, is women bringing that into a marriage thinking, well, she can never be, you know, be told that she's wrong. <laughs> you know, we see mm -hmm. that a lot. Um, and so... Being willing to sacrifice, being willing to not win, basically, and let the other person have their point or have their time and be okay with that because the Lord's going to take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. And if we trust that, that that we don't always have to be the one who wins or has to be right, then then the relationships tend to go much better. So, um, Mom, have you seen that in your time of being married? Oh, yes. That your opinion shouldn't be so important. Uh, that you can't um, discuss or put off anything. Um, you always in marriage need to uh, look out for the other, and that's how it works. It's mm -hmm. worked that way for my husband and I. Uh, you put their needs before your your own, and uh, God does the rest. Mm -hmm. Being willing to willing to put your pride aside. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think people don't really realize like, oh yeah, okay, pride comes before fall. Oh yeah, don't I'm not prideful. Don't be prideful. It's not good to be prideful, right? But that it can mean different things and it can be difficult to actually do that and put your pride aside and and just be willing to say, okay, it's okay. My my marriage is more important. I don't need to be right. This is not mm -hmm. that big of an issue, you know. And I love him more than this. So you know, if the he, if this is that important to him, then okay. Well, let's talk about some some other ways to compromise, or let me give a little bit in this area, and that's okay to do. And and you willing being willing to do that and see where you're wrong and see, or, you know, or if you're wrong and see, and willing to kind of change some things or change your outlook on some on some things. Um, that your husband will respect you a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I found that that when we humble ourselves and lay our pride down, is that um, it softens the other person's heart, mm -hmm. um, and it allows that communication and that connection to to flow better and to come easier because because the other person sees that you don't have to stand your ground. I mean, some things are are going to be worth standing your ground for if there's an injustice or something is flat out wrong, you know, and you deal with those as you come. But in everyday living with each other and thinking through issues, you know, there has to be an answer. Mm -hmm. So be willing to sacrifice your position for the other. Mm -hmm. Number nine, um, 
Men need affirmation mm-hmm. like crazy. Mm-hmm. Affirmation, and, and, and women do too, but more so recognizing a, a man's need for knowing that he's okay you know, with you, knowing that you trust him and knowing that you believe in him. Mm-hmm. So, Mom, have you seen that happen over time? I, You know, this is funny because I'm the more, um, at the beginning of our relationship, I was the more affectionate because I came from a home that was very affectionate where my husband came from a home that wasn't. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of thing. You know, it took time, but my husband then, when the children came along, he he started um, feeling that. He started feeling the the love and the affirmation and therefore gave it, returned it to me. So Mm -hmm. it takes work, (laughs) the definite work. Yeah, and him, and my mom showing him that, him seeing that through my mom was, you know, he's seeing probably how important that was and, and and how you know well how much it does for your family right um i'm not saying that his family didn't love each other they mm-hmm. just showed it differently yeah mm-hmm. um, my family was very outgoing in the in the love area mm-hmm. so yeah it was different it's a big deal i i mean me just just i'm so i'm learning everything something every day but with marriage but um with this the affirmation i just thought oh you know he he knows how much i appreciate him he knows how amazing i think he is because i tell him you know i say this and i tell him that you know every once in a while i'll tell him that but that's not how my husband received it um and so and i had to figure figure out on my own okay how is he not receiving this? I'm telling him, you know, what's the problem here? He receives it in different ways. He comes home, and it, and if it's a day that I'm not, I wasn't super busy or something, and he knew I was home or something, if he came home, he he loves to see. He doesn't like clutter. He doesn't like messiness. So it, even if we if I just cl- pick up our room or and the dishes are done, he is happier than anything. So because that tells him that he, after working him working a 16 hour shift. He comes home and sees that. He sees, wow, okay, awesome. She appreciates me. I know she does because she did this for me and she because mm-hmm. she knows I love that. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> finally him wanting to show me appreciation on the other side because he's seeing how much I do appreciate him and what he does for our family. So Yeah, yeah, this has been a big thing in our house too. And over the, the past 11 years, I, I think I – I was more prideful about, well, does that mean that I need to do in order to earn his affection, in order to earn him affirming me? Is it about domestic things? That's stupid, you know. <laughs> I would yeah. I would take offense to that because mm-hmm. it felt like conditional love. Mm-hmm. But it's more sacrificial love and it's more, you know, when I learn to actually do things out of a heart that's, you know, I need to do this for my family and for the Lord. I need to clean my home. I need to make sure things are picked up and that clutter's not everywhere. And that's what led me to encourage women in this on Practical Family as well is because because of the fact that my husband needs to be affirmed. He needs to be told not only what he does that's, that's awesome and how he contributes and for me to recognize that. It's my acts of service on the other side that show him, hey, I appreciate what you do, therefore I'm going to keep our home ready and nice for us to live in and and have that be your sanctuary because you do so much. Mm-hmm. So it's the do it's the saying but it's also the doing yes. and in this case actions speak louder than words mm-hmm. um, in the area of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, number 10 and the last point that we're bringing up today is to keep the past in the past. What I didn't realize before we got married uh, or coming into marriage was 
how important it is not to br keep bringing stuff up. I mean, mm -hmm. not not only do we not talk about exes, <laughs> first of all, mm -hmm. but second of all, don't bring up past um, annoyances, even be in your relationship. Oh, you always do that. You never. Mm -hmm. you, words that should never be used or thrown back up in the face again because mm -hmm. it's not fair. Mm -hmm. And And to punish them for our own insecurities uh, well you said this or you think this or you never tell me this or whatever it, it kind of I've had to watch my own heart in that that things like that often come from a heart of of discontentment and mm -hmm. and it's not fair to throw those things on him the other point here is that because we have such heavy in, um, exposure now to social media which means that people from the past Mm -hmm. will come up, um, old boyfriends, old girlfriends, even people from our former lives, you know, high school, college, or wherever we were before that may trigger us to be involved in that way when sometimes we just need to keep those things behind us and mm -hmm. also to protect our husbands from from those things too. I mean, as of today, my husband's not very involved in social media, but I think it's a good thing because that's less <laughs> less that we have to, mm -hmm. you know, face in, in our own relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, going back to when Jennifer was talking about um, never and always, it's really easy to use those kind of words. And, and especially for me, you know, it's really easy to throw those words around like they're nothing. But when you use those words, you never do this and you always or I always do this or you always do that. Um, it makes them feel like they can't do anything right. So what's the point? You know, you're kind of you're kind of limiting them. Limiting, you know? yeah. So um, and 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 I just like I shouldn't say that to him. I don't because I don't like to hear it. You know, because it's just like Jen said, it's not fair. Keeping stuff in the past. It was this was a big um issue for me, and and I'm still having to. I, I'm definitely worked on it a lot, but you know, it's something you always have to kind of keep in mind, and you don't even realize you're doing it if you'll if you're just gonna bring up uh, stuff that. Uh, that he hurt you with or he did he said last month or something like that um, as long as you talk about it and you know and you have a healthy discussion about it, it it really shouldn't be brought up again that's where honestly you really just have to try your best to show him grace anyway and yeah. just like you would hope he would show you you know if I, I've made the same mistakes a couple times you know the dishes aren't always done the stuff isn't always picked up I do forget to send a bill sometimes you know so you know stuff like that I I would hope that he would have grace for me um same way you know you just have to have give have to give him that grace anyways and and um keeping the past in the past as far as like Jennifer said it comes from our own insecurities so we feel like I felt at the beginning of our marriage more so I had to continue punishing him or something you know for um what he did in the past or who it involved or whatever and it's ultimately out of my control and it's not my it's not my battle to fight I have to just just I have to get over that because honestly most of those just came out of my insecurities anyways so mm -hmm. and it was more more about me than anything yeah so. leave the past in the past <laughs> yeah what is that what has that meant for you mom over these last oh, few decades <laughs> I've done myself a favor and left it in the past yeah. it's better I've learned that you just let those things go uh, once you've you've talked about it and things have been forgiven let it go because it's not going to help your marriage any to bring it back up. So just uh, do yourself a favor. Leave it in the leave it a be. <laughs> leave it be. Leave it in the past. <laughs>
a great time to get to talk with my mom and sister about marriage. We often have conversations on our own together, but being able to come on and and record this one is very meaningful for a lot of us, and and I hope to keep this one for many years. So I hope that you learned something today from our uh, collective experience in marriage. And as always, feel free to leave us any comments or anything that resonated with you about today's podcast because I know that you may be going through some things in, in your marriage that that the Lord has really moved your heart on to, to try to understand or learn from and and we would just love to hear from you. So feel free to leave those comments or contact me at jen at practicalfamily.org. Please always feel free to share this podcast link with friends. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You've been listening to the Practical Family Podcast, where we are encouraging families to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Thank you.